Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to the Front Porch Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, July 31st, 2016. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey, and I thank everyone for listening in. Our show is produced through TalkShoe, which provides two ways to be a part of the call. You can dial in area code 724-444-7444. TalkCast ID is 75570. You can also join us in the web-based text chat at TalkShoe.com slash TC slash 75570. Uh, you can also join us in the in uh, Shores Lounge uh, on uh, Chertopia and Second Life uh, for information in joining us on Second Life or on the live call, which happens every Sunday night at 9 o'clock e- uh, p.m. Eastern Time. Visit our website at frontporchtalk.net. There you'll find the articles for all the shows that we have, as well as the past 73 episodes of this and all the past episodes of the East Coast Conservative Podcast. Uh, If you are listening on Stitcher.com, Red State Talk Radio, or your favorite podcast player, you can send comments to us a couple of different ways. You can either reach out via email to conservativepodcast at gmail.com, or you can post it on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash frontporchpoliticaltalk. We're also on Twitter at ECConservative. Now, for those that haven't listened to the show before, normally we do things a little differently than we're doing them last week and this week. We tend to veer from you know the the main main headlines that everybody's going to be talking about on uh, on the normal uh, talk show circuit. Uh, however, uh, in in last week and this week's cases, uh, we're going to talk about the one uh, couple of the big things that happened this week with regards to the conventions. Um, and normally we start with something fun, funny, or heartwarming. In this case, the only thing I've got is a bad Yoda impression. The conventions are over. Begun. The grown wars have. Um, <laughs> well. Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to pick on you. At least you tr- you attempted. <laughs> I got the timing right, if nothing else. Uh, it's July yeah. 31st, and this is your Sunday morning weekly poll roundup. And Mayan Prophecy Fulfillment Summary. Uh, we have Trump's convention bounce in this week's results. This this is coming from Red State Media. Um, we have Trump's convention bounce in this week's results. We, we won't have Hillary's until next week's results. Uh, there are outliers, outright liars, and third-party triers. <laughs> this, I, I, I got that was that was that was pretty good. Did you I, do that yourself? No, actually, Caleb Howe, the author of this uh, of this particular uh, article, uh, did a good job on the poetry there. I was I was rather impressed. Yeah, kudos, kudos to Caleb. Yeah. 
So the uh, Reuters Ipsos Daily poll um, on Trump versus Clinton, uh, as of the most recent on Friday, Hillary Clinton is polling at 40.5%. Um, let's see, which is actually down from a week ago. Um, this thing's looping through the... It's an animated GIF, so it's looping through the poll results. Um, Donald Trump is at 34.6. Refused to answer is at 11.7, which is an interesting thing. You know, people are are beginning to say, you know what, I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to vote for because I don't want to encourage anybody. <laughs> yeah, um, they got they got this, these push surveys now. Mm-hmm. If you answer wrong, the next question, they slip through their question tree. The next question is, did you, of course, realize that the person you're voting for is a scumbag, you know, or, or some equivalent of that? And, and they, they you, you, when you, if you say, I'm going to vote for so-and-so, you open yourself to either a harangue uh, confirming your choice, which gets really boring soon, or you open yourself to an absolute vicious attack telling you how stupid you are. And there's more and more of that in, in these so-called surveys. They're not legitimate surveys. They're, uh, they're basically uh, political calls, uh, persuasion calls. And depending on how you answer, they beat you up. And, and there's a lot of it going on. And that's one of the main reasons people refuse to answer, because they don't want to uh, expose themselves to those, those people who are doing that. They don't want to be made to feel bad. Well, they just don't want to put up with the harassment. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the The other category is sits at about eight point two percent, which that's your Gary Johnsons of the world. Um, and we're going to come back to third party if we get a chance to, um, because there's some there's some interesting back and forth going on on Facebook and on other social media about that. Um, the wouldn't vote is remaining steady at about 5%. In other words, there's there's 5% of voters, and it doesn't list political affiliation, um, that, that downright well, say... Well, put, put, put our favorite traitor, uh, Romney, in that group. Mm-hmm. He said he's going to refuse the vote. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, they, are, they are the gutless... And and the the proud and the narcissistic among us. Yeah, um, the uh, Reuters polling as of the 29th has Clinton leading Trump by right around five percent. The Who CF- is that? Reuters. Uh, Reuters. Okay. Reuters Ipsos um, with the uh, almost 12 percent refusing. Um, all, you know, eight percent for other candidates and five percent saying not going. The CNNORC opinion research poll, um, as of July twenty second to twenty fourth, had Clinton Kane at forty five, Trump Pence at forty eight. Um, the YouGov.us, which is the Economist, uh, paid for, uh, has Clinton again at forty, which matches the Reuters Ipsos. But Trump at 38, Gary Johnson at 5, Jill Stein at 3. So there's your 8% for other. And, yep. and, and still 5% for someone else. And 7% undecided, 2% probably won't vote. Before we bore the rest of the audience with mm-hmm. these numbers, mm-hmm. 
I'll point out that there are 100 days until the election. That's my next article. 99 days until the next until the election. So whatever polls you're reading now, you could pretty much wipe your you-know-what with because they are meaningless. Well, you know, I, 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 I don't agree. They're becoming more and more meaningful. I've, as a political scientist, I do not look at polls until September. Okay. Here's and the, the thing. next poll I'm really going to look at is the first one of October because that's when that's the poll that's done after the first presidential debate. That's when you can have a grasp of how the country is moving. As far as the polls, can, for the can, can I can I morning. sort of disagree with you, but not entirely, Joseph? Okay, go ahead. I mean, if we take these as absolute numbers as gospel, we're foolish, and you're absolutely right. On the other hand, the numbers track relative to one another. And, and what we can say is, without knowing for sure what the numbers were with any really sense of accuracy before the conventions, we can say with some confidence that the conven- convention, whatever the numbers were before, gave Trump a bounce of, let's say, four to, between 4 and 6%. He may have been deeply in the hole or even, but whatever it was, he got a bounce. And so far, the evidence is that uh, her nibs there has not shown a bounce, but she might. So if, if you use the numbers as relative tracking to the recent past, they're useful. If you use those numbers as who's winning and who's losing, they're useless. Well, if you play the small ball game, which is what this country elect the presidency on. You don't look at the national polls because the national polls are pretty much meaningless. You look at the state polls. And as far as the state polls are concerned, Trump is ahead in key battleground states. Now, we haven't had... Well, he, he's getting better. In, see, we don't, we don't know that. That's My point is we don't know that. Yeah, we what don't. we do know is he's getting better in the key background states. We don't know if he's ahead, or in an, ahead in an absolute sense, but we do know he's either getting further ahead or he's gaining on her. He's getting better. That's what we know. Well, and, and the, other thing, the other thing, and, and I want to jump in here, because, Joseph, you, you, made, a, you made a qualifier that in this election cycle has been useless, and that is as a political scientist. The, the, if the political scientists were correct, Trump would not be the nominee. Regardless of, regardless of who you supported in the primaries, regardless of, of what you think of the man, everybody said he was a joke. Well, if Roll was correct, <laughs> you know. Not, nobody, nobody accepted the fact that he had a chance. No, and and so the whole Fox so the fact, thing. So so the the, the 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 thing with these with these polls that I'm seeing, you know, you're right. This is this is national. This is where things stand today. Here's why I think they're more relevant than most people are 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 giving them evidence for. First of all. We live in a 24-7 connected world. <clears throat> Donald Trump's main outreach method, for good or ill, is Twitter and saying things so that the national press will repeat it without him having to pay for them to repeat it. 
You know, I was listening the other day. Hillary Clinton has outspent Trump by a factor of, I believe, 10 at this point in the game. And the game's really early. Like you said, we're, we're 100 days out from the election. In 100 calendar days, we will be... And the Koch brothers aren't going to send them any money, and I don't think he even noticed that. Because he's yeah. not spending any money. No. Trump doesn't need any money. Yeah, if you, exactly. If you go back to what I said about a year ago on this same show, as a political scientist, you have to look at, and the ones who have been spouting that Trump will never be elected are not worth their salt. Because I have said timeless, I have said, you said over, it time over and time, again, didn't you? Yeah, time and again, that what you're looking at is not a political battle. No. What you're looking at is a populist battle. Mm-hmm. And what Trump has done over the last year, he is able to touch people in a way that no politician has been able to touch them since probably Reagan. And the question is, which cult of personality will win this election? Will it be the bombastic Trump, or will it be the really boring, yet we will give you free things, Hillary Clinton? Well, I, I, you're using old rules, Joseph. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the, 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 the rules of thumb from the Romney debacle and, and previous elections would fit exactly with what you're saying. There, there is a new flavor in all of this, and, and that is that tr- Trump has had the audacity to say some really uh, visceral things that have tapped into uh, the gut feelings of a lot of the electorate. Like, you know, they always, whenever they go into Lowe's and buy Chinese-made screwdrivers, there's a little piece of them that feels guilty. There's a little piece of them that really wants to swear and wants to throw the damn screwdriver in the garbage. But it's so freaking cheap, and it's getting better and better made that they keep it and they bring it home and they screw screws with it. Mm-hmm. But but they're not happy about it. Uh, and, and that's just a, a kind of a microcosm of this uh, ill uh, ill-feeling, ill ill will that that is latent in the American electorate. And there's a lot of things like that. And and what's changed the rules of thumb from the Romney debacle to now is the fact that he either that's a new phenomenon or it's been there a while and he finally saw it. But there is this latent animosity toward people like China and Putin uh, and and the people who say you know, Muslims are all good people and it's a religion of peace when they see rooms full of dead people with their guts cut out and still on the floor. You know, they they conclude there's something wrong with the narrative. So it's not exactly the same as it was four years ago. No, it's it's not. And, and, we, and, can't, I think, I and think we can't use the same rules of thumb either. No, and, and <clears throat> that's why, you know, this, quite honestly, I'm, I'm ready. Anytime... I start thinking about, you know, okay, where is this election going to go? I stop because it is unpredictable. Hillary Clinton's campaign is relatively predictable, but it's even hers is not because her handlers and and her donors are have have had enough time to watch how Trump operates to try and emulate him. Now, 
this is going to become very interesting in the next 100 days because over the course of the next 100 days, we do have presidential debates that are going to happen. Um, we, we've got the vice presidential conversations that are going to happen too, I'm sure. But what we're going to end up with is either the 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 most audacious battle, and, and that's already started, or another instance of welcome to the stage, Jeb Bush. Because remember, back in the primaries, Jeb Bush tried to emulate Donald Trump and fell, failed miserably. Or you may have some combination of those two. Now, the, now the reason that I say this, and, and I don't have an article for this, but I wanted, I literally was banging my head against the wall in the office when right as the email thing started happening and Donald Trump got on the stage and said, I wish Russia would hack more of their emails because maybe he'd find the 30,000 of, of Hillary's emails that are missing. And so was one of his best joke lines ever. But then the DNC pounced on that. The DNC pounced on that and said, see, see, Donald Trump's encouraging Russian hacking. And everybody knows they got their head up their ass. Mm. No, nobody takes it that way. And, and the DNC keeps embarrassing itself by continuing to repeat their interpretation of that. They're all saying, you know, I thought that was funny. What, what are they talking about? Listen, let me give you it was hilarious. Let me give a synopsis of history. Now, you may say this is an unprecedented, uh, unprecedented election. In the United States, it is. But if you look back to recent history, the, and I've made this comparison on the podcast before, you only have to look at 1920s Germany to realize what's really going on. Hitler, and I do not want to compare Hitler to Trump because the left will have a field day with it. They've but, already done this. Well, yeah, but the we, we have, the and we're not the only ones that have. No, you're right. There are comparisons that can be drawn to a number of different elections, both in the hey, U.S. Not, not, not between the personalities or even the goals of the, of the two candidates, Hitler and, and anyone else, but the methods. There are comparisons to be made between the methods. Hitler's methods were very successful. I would oh, argue that Donald Trump's methods were very successful. But what Absolutely. Is, you have the German people who, want, who had a sense of nationalism, who wanted to take back their country. And you have that today with Americans who want to take back their country. You had that nationalist movement that put a populace as their nominee. If you really look at the underlying tone of both of those elections, you see that there was a problem within the nation state, and this person rose up and addressed those issues. And right now, you have Donald Trump who is using and using successfully the media outlets, both social, network, or 24-hour yeah. media. He is, he, he, honestly, honestly, he is the best Republican candidate that he's used social media. And he's, he's using media almost as, um, oh, what's, the word, what's the word we use for bad kids that do things just to get attention? Um, negative attention. Because he doesn't care. It's still name recognition. It's still his name. He's still trumping other stories. I'm sorry I had to use that pun. Um, 
you know, and, and last they call, week they call him attention whores. But, yeah, but I don't think that's a, a, an accurate description. No, it, no, it's not. Uh, he, it's he's not. Cho- he's choosing those things because it furthers his cause. He's he's not he's not doing this for self gratification, which has a plethora of different alternative meetings. Mm-hmm. He's using these methods because it furthers his cause. It's going to get him votes. He's a very bright man, and people sell him short. Well, this week you mentioned the uh, Russian email crap. Well, that took away from the news of the DNC. Instead of having the first three days of the DNC as the head news line, you had Donald Trump made a joke about the Russians hacking to get the 30,000 emails. And the damn fools kept repeating it. And that, that is brilliant on his part, because not only does he illustrate the fact that the Democrat nominee has hidden 30,000 emails from the American public, but he also creates an outlet to, look, the Russians have just hacked the DNC. And, have and, they, are, and they already hacked uh, Hillary. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's that subtext there that's not, not raised, but it's, peop- it's in the back of people's oh, no. minds. Assange, it's already been Assange doing Assange on WikiLeaks said that he has more emails related to Hillary Clinton. And well, he just, they just haven't released them yet. you got to realize one thing. Jeb Bush raised almost $150 million for the primaries. He spent most of that money. And where was he in 12th place? Donald Trump did not raise much money at all was self-financing his campaign during the primaries and spent maybe $20 million. And you see what kind of name recognition he has, and he is the nominee. Mm -hmm. What he shows you is that there is a better way than to play the money game in politics because he's able to use the media. And I will stress the word, use the media, because they are just a bunch of ignorant things. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not ignorant. I, 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 no, see, I, we, we sell them short. They are, they are carefully considered devious traitors to the capitalist system and American freedom and the republic. They are not but, ignorant. They, yeah, they are what? carefully considering their actions, and they are taking those actions in direct controversion to the welfare of this country. Let's call them what they are. They're okay. traitors. They're not idiots. No, they're raiders, they're raiding whores, because they knew during the primaries that every time the name Trump came upon their headlines, that people would tune in. And with that came ad revenue. And because of that, they kept Trump front and center throughout the primary system. And now you still have that opportunity for those media conglomerates to make money through ratings. So they're going to keep pushing the narrative of Trump. If it's negative or it's positive, it doesn't matter, because his name is getting recognized throughout the American populace. I want to point out I didn't say traitor. I said traitor. Well, they are traitors because they're in their own self-interest. But if you take back the, the fact that they are as much a capitalist as Donald Trump, they will put Donald Trump foot and center in the news. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. You're right. We've got more to talk about than, than the media, unfortunately, tonight. And I, I don't want to spend as little time on the speeches as we did last week. So I, I'll, give you, I'll give you five seconds to wrap up this thought, Joseph, please.
The only four, thing I'll say is three. what you have in the media today is the self-interest of making money. Well, and if that and, and that down, goes that, that goes without saying. That goes without saying. Um, Larry, anything else on on the the, the whole media spin and the and this? No, I mean, the, I mean, we know them by their colors. They haven't changed their colors. Uh, I think we make a mistake by declaring them stupid because, frankly, they're not stupid. They're not being um, l- led blindly into something by a Pied Piper. They are part of a very carefully considered strategy, and and that carefully considered considered strategy has as its goal the destruction of democracy in in the free world, and and, and the the advocacy of some replacement political system based upon highly progressive, frankly, communist, Marxist principles. And, and we need to recognize them for what they are. They're not stupid. They're clever. They're, they're, they're duplicitous. And very frankly, often enough, they're winning. And, and we do ourselves a, disturb, a disservice by underestimating them. So I'm done now. Okay. Okay. Um, by the way, it, no, Joseph, stop. Um, because I do want to move on to the next article. Um, and that's, that, that is, we were talking about the emails a couple of minutes ago. By the way, if you want to dial in for better audio, uh, you can. Uh, the direct line is 724-444-7444, TalkCast ID 75570. If you want to jump in on something pertinent to the line of conversation that we're on or that we're going into, press star 8, that is star T, to request to talk. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is the emails, and I only want to spend a brief amount of time on this because we do want to get to the speeches themselves. Um, you know, and, and, and this is from the Daily Caller, um, and, and it looks at the most absurd elements of the DNC's hacked email leak. Um, <clears throat> In the spirit of an election that feels more like a reality show than a formal bid for president, we've rounded up some of the funniest and most ridiculous emails from the DNC leak. Uh, Number one, the White House vetoed having Ariana Grande perform at the presidential gala because of a video of her licking donuts. Okay, that one's funny. Um... Can we also vet Ariana Grande, DNC Finance Chair Zachary Allen wrote in an email misspelling the famous pop singer's name. What followed was a back-and-forth email exchange vividly discussing a video of Grande licking donuts and saying she hates America with DNC staffers contributing to misspell her name, or continuing to misspell her name. Um, Number two, literally no one ever took John Kasich seriously. Um... In an email that says, uh, Cruz dropping out, Kasich staying in. <laughs> um, number three, the DNC created fake sexist ads from the Trump campaign. Deputy Communications Director Christina Frundlich proposed the Democrats impersonate the Trump Organization on Craigslist. In an email to fellow DNC staffers, uh, Funlick asks for their approval for the fake ad, which seeks, quote, hot women who, quote, must be open to public humiliation and, quote, should be proficient in lying about age if the boss thinks you're too old. 
Number four, DNC staffers mocked a now-accurate BuzzFeed report that suggests both the DNC and RNC had weak cybersecurity. Number five, one DNC official casually suggested using Sanders' religion to undermine his credibility. Um, <clears throat> so, because Sanders is Jewish. Number six, the DNC party officials entertained the conspiracy theory that Cruz's dad killed JFC, JFK. Uh, Louis Miranda, the DNC communications director, gives some credit to Trump's conspiracy theory that Ted Cruz's father killed JFK. It would not be unusual for his father to be caught up in the ugly web of Cuban militants with questionable histories. And number seven, DNC staffers actually used the phrase Bernie bro. Um, they used this, the term in several several times in response to an interview request from Mark Thompson, a radio host for Sirius XM, and a Senators fan. Uh, the term Bernie bro refers to an outspoken, aggressive white male uh, who supported Bernie Sanders. So those were the ridiculous emails. The, the, the more damaging emails were the ones that got our good friend, the Honorable... Debbie Wasserman Schultz fired as chair of the DM. Thank you, God. Not that her replacement is any better. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it, and, and it's interesting because, you know, we had, we had Julian Assange and WikiLeaks, and, and this isn't the first time that that name has come up. Um, you know, leaking of, of classified material or, or internal email is, is a bad thing. And I'm not saying that with a question mark. However, be careful what you put in writing. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. You know, don't don't say anything in public or write anything down that you wouldn't want your grandmother to read. Seriously. But then again, maybe maybe uh, these the the DNC grandmothers are more forgiving of of people that are <clears throat> worried about licking donuts. I almost opened well, the sixties hippies. Well, yeah, it's true. Well, think about it like this: during the DNC of seventy-two, Dixon bugged the Watergate Hotel on mm -hmm. influence into what the convention was talking about. Now, what we have here today is we have no need for tape recorders in a motel. We only need to look at the emails sent by the DNC. You have a modern-day Watergate, but it's not perpetuated by the Republicans. It's by a foreign entity because the DNC was careless in their handling of their own classified material. Well, and the interesting thing is, is that um, in an interview, um, one of the other articles that didn't make it onto the show, Julian Assange actually said, you know, it, it may not have been the Russians that sent those that, that leaked those emails. He said, that's a good question. Who actually provided it? Um, so that, that, you know, of course the FBI is going, it was the Russians, it was the Russians. You know, maybe. <laughs> why would the Russians, why would the Russians have released the emails to WikiLeaks? It wasn't you don't have an, you, you, you don't know. See, there is no reason. Well, there's, it, now, it now was, here's the interesting thing. The Russians. Here's the interesting thing. It wasn't there was uh, another one of the articles, and, and again, you know, we we, we want to spend some time on the <clears throat> on the speeches. 
but another one of the articles that you know didn't make it into the show didn't even make it on my spreadsheet, but it was how the Russians duped the or no, not how the Russians duped the 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 RNC. That was a different one, but it was talking about the history of how the Russians began destabilizing Ukraine through cyber attacks and leaks of information about their then president to to build up support for them coming in from the local populace. And and the author of that article kind of posits, well, could they be doing the same thing here in the US? That would be the only reason I could see why the Russians would do something like this. It's 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 a tinfoil hat article, without a doubt. But it it has some merit in that that's how they destabilized the Ukraine, not the Ukraine. That's how they destabilized Ukraine, and they were able to put in a, a leader that was much more uh, favorable with Russian trade. Just now, a while. you had the Obama administration trying to gain influence in the Israeli election only a few years ago. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Obama administration has, has given money to other groups who petition for more left-wing-leaning governments. Now, who's to say one of those governments in which the Obama administration tried to undermine grabbed a hacker and said, hack the emails of the United States Democrat Party? It's not, un- it's not inconceivable for that to have happened. It's not. No. It's not. Now, I'm going to, we got. We're going to blame the Russians because they have been our enemy since World War II. And every American. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense from the DNC's perspective because Obama himself has been on film, you know, what was it, just before the the 2012 re election, saying, just wait until the re election, it'll be easier for me to do things. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, so so that wanna, that aspect doesn't make sense. If they were, if the Russians were going to try and destabilize something, why would they go after the DNC? Why why would they do that? Now I've got to, I've got to bring in we've got a, a guest caller um, from all I've got here is Northwest New York. Good evening. Um, give me your name and uh, what are your comments on this? Northwest New York caller. Moving on. Moving on. Okay, I'll mute, I'll mute you when you're ready to talk. Oh, sir? Oh, yeah. Hi. Hi. Uh, this is Bubba. We spoke uh, a few weeks ago on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was just listening in, and uh, I hear that we're talking about the Russian influence on the Ukraine. Yes. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that, um, that was – the question was asked. Why would the Russians want to hack our email? And there was an article that I found <clears throat> that kind of pointed out that the Russians first spread disinformation in Ukraine before encouraging and coming in. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've come across a lot of things on the Internet that have a lot to do with uh, a similar thing happening to Russians. But actually, no. I forget who it is, but somehow ISIS and Russians are involved, and they're using some type of mind manipulation techniques. And that, and, and that is, going on? you know, and and that is definitely, you know, given going back to to something I said earlier, given the the fact that we've got these 
you know, we've got a, a, a hyper social media society right now. Um, as my pastor said, you know, right now, you know, we no longer take pictures of other people. We take pictures of ourselves. So, so we're self-absorbed and we've got, you know, the ability to post it on, on social media within minutes. It, given those things, you know, trying to create some use, trying to use, you know, oh, email leaks or some kind of social media manipulation, <clears throat> absolutely, those things could could be happening. Um, well, I actually have firsthand experience on how it can change a person, and I've seen it happen to people around me, and it it can happen. You just it, it's about what do your eyes see, what do your ears hear. Where do you place yourself? And if something sounds like a good idea to begin with, it can end up sounding like a really good idea, even if that was not your original intention. Yeah, I and 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 honestly, a part of us, a part of what we have to do as as grown adults is try and filter the uh, uh, the wheat from the chaff informationally. And unfortunately, there are a lot of us that are not a lot of people in this country that are not equipped for that. Um, so I, we, one of the things, two of the things we wanted to touch on, I want to spend, let's see, we've got about 20 minutes left on the show. Um, <clears throat> Larry, do you, do you want to spend any more time in Trump's speech or do we want to jump into Clinton's first? Did I lose Larry? You did. I had myself muted. So okay. Do we want to spend I was eating, I was eating pistachios. Ah. Um, the, the Trump said that he was going to give specific uh, actions that he planned to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, he sort of did. Uh, they, they, they were somewhat less unspecific than the stuff he'd said in the past. And I highlighted them in the, in the thing, in, in, the, in the speech, uh, and I was rather disappointed. Um, but he did, in fact. As I said last week, he had an organization to his speech where he told us what he was going to talk about. Then he talked about, and he made a uh, kind of a weak-hearted attempt to give specific things that he planned to do in each one of the areas. Um, and then he wrapped up by telling us how lovely his family was. Mm-hmm. Period. I mean, it 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 wasn't a, uh, a highly informative activity trying to find out what he actually planned to do. I'm done with the Trump speech. Okay. Yeah, the the only thing that I wanted to bring in from uh, you know just just overview because it's it's interesting there are a couple of things that he said that that really stood out to me. One is um you know he said he said I will work to ensure that all of our kids are treated equally and protected equally. Um Every action I take, I'll ask myself, does this make life better for young Americans in Baltimore and Chicago and Detroit and Ferguson who who have who have really in every way the same right to live out their dreams as any other child a child in America? To make here's, life here's my problem here's my problem with that, Hat. Mm-hmm. At the end of a four year term, how do you evaluate if he actually did that? You don't. And, you can't. and exactly you That's can't. That's the problem with the the speech. He he uh, he said he's going to build a wall. So you know, after four years, we can walk down there and look and see if there's a wall there. So there's there, already there, there part is, of one. Well, you understand my point. Mm-hmm. There is the possibility of evaluating whether he actually delivered on that commitment. 
most of the stuff he said, there's really no way to, he did make commitments. He said he was going to do things, mm-hmm. but there were, he, he phrased them in a way where it's nearly impossible to decide whether he actually did it or not. Yep. And, and, and what you just said is one of those. There's yeah. no way to know whether he, he looked inside of his heart and decided whether or not it was going to be good for kids in Ferguson. Yeah. There's just and, no way to, to know. And, and it's, the, it's and, both, you both. know, a lot of what I saw his speech doing was naming groups that he was going to try and get support from in the next hundred days. So, right. you know, urban families, um, your, your, your protection moms, uh, LGBTQ citizens. You know, he said he'd do everything in his power to protect our LGBTQ citizens from violence and oppression of hateful foreign ideology. He didn't say Q. Yeah, he did. Not in the speech. Uh, in, the, in the transcript, he did. Um, okay. And then, you know, he talks about unemployment, uh, talks about uh, unemployment for African-American and Latino workers. And, and, and so these are all groups that he desperately needs to get votes from. So what did he do in his speech? He directly reached out to them in his speech. Never mind anything else he said. He named their group. He named their cause. He named their issue. Well, he and, and to me, the, the reason I highlighted in red that section mm-hmm. is not so much because of what he said, but if 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 you pay attention, he's he's stunned because he pauses, and it even made it into the transcription. He pauses and he thanks them for all of the applause for what he said. What he actually got was from the Republican convention. He got a standing ovation an extended standing ovation from the Republican convention about saying nice things and how he planted to support the LGBT USAQ community. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, that was a watershed moment for the Republican Party. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, he's and, – and this is one of the things that, that people like about Trump. He – will say things that Republicans have not traditionally said. You know, here is, here is the, the person that is representing, for good or ill, the GOP, saying in his acceptance speech something about the, the, the gay rights community. The evil queers are all going to hell. I mean, really. I mean, there's a segment. If you, if you look, I would suggest that you read what the Cruz people got to get into the platform. The platform is extremely vitriolically anti-gay. I mean, I was, I have a couple of uh, friends who are in that group and they, they were like really heartbroken. So I went and I, I got a, the latest final copy of the platform. It's embarrassing. I mean, it, it's just, what the hell happened? What happened is the cruise people got control of the platform committee and they put in all this anti-gay stuff. And, and Trump just ignored it. Yeah. And so, so did the have, rest of the convention. What you had there is those evangelicals, those extreme evangelicals, who are panning to those who believe that homosexuality is a deadly sin. Well, they can all, they can all go to the nearest swamp and die. I don't care. I agree. With I know, I know, I know where, who they were and where they came from and how screwed up they are, Joseph. I don't forgive them for that just because they're they're uh, undereducated and low-information voters. 
they they are a blight upon the Republican Party. Well, and so so let's you know I, I you're right, and I'm it, it. Those were the sections of the of the speech that floored me. That was where I'm sitting here and I'm I'm watching it. You know, that was really the segments that I watched. I mean, the thing was an hour and fifteen minutes long. Um, you know, and and my wife was like, "Really, you're watching this? Why?" What, what Trump really did with that speech is dispelled some of the myths that the Democrats have been perpetuating about the Republican Party. He did. He I did. agree. He did. And so on that in in that instance, it's a good thing. Okay. But in but but as you point out, Larry, there's so much stuff that he couldn't. I mean, there's no way to measure it. There's there there's no and and he knows that as a businessman if you promise something that has no possible metric of of success then you can claim victory all day long and nobody can tell you you're wrong. Said Bubba did you want to jump in on this section or do we want to move on to uh, Clinton's speech? Okay, we're going to we're going to go ahead and move on. Okay, so on Thursday, Hillary Clinton formally accepted the Democratic Party's nomination for president, making her the and, – and I'm going to put this clarifier on it – the first woman ever to be nominated by a major political party because she's not the first woman nominated for president. <clears throat> she just happens well, to they, be the first I mean, one with a they've been, – They've been careful to say that. Yeah. A, a major political party. Mm -hmm. They have been saying that. So I I did not um, watch or really pay a lot of attention to Hillary Clinton's speech. Um, you know, it 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 reads very much like any other acceptance speech that I've read or seen. Uh, and, and quite honestly, you know, they talked about Melania Trump plagiarizing the acceptance speech or plagiarizing the speech about her husband. <clears throat> Your cause is my cause. Your cause is our cause. Our country needs your ideas, your energy, and passion. That's about as generic as you can get. Um, you know, Larry, you highlighted. Um, well, I, I I got down to page eleven of twenty-one, hmm. page twelve of twenty-one, and she finally said something having to do with how she planned to be president. Mm -hmm. She spent the first twelve pages talking about how wonderful the previous speakers were. Yeah, and, and she said. And, and I quote, and what she will not do. My, so. Yeah, my primary mission as president will be to create more opportunity and more good jobs with rising wages right here in the United States from my first day in office to my last. Now, first of all, the only noteworthy thing about that is that she finally said something more or less uh, specific. Uh, it's one of those things that you really, really can't tell whether she tried to do that or not. I mean, let's say that she doesn't get any more jobs. I mean, just like her predecessor. And they have successfully said it's everybody's job fault, everybody's fault but Obama's. That it's all everybody's fault. It's the fault of the Germans, the Russians, the Chinese, and the Martians that we don't have more jobs. And, oh, by the way, the job, uh, the unemployment rate is the lowest it's ever been. So, see, you're confused. We aren't. Yeah, but so, you changed the way you're counting I, I, the numbers. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I, you and I know all that. But my point is she finally got to where she said something unambiguous that she said that would be her primary job. Okay, then she, then she goes on and she's going to appoint Supreme Court justices who will get money out of politics. Um, again, 
how do you how do you measure that? There is no way to measure it. Wall Street can never ever be allowed to wreck Main Street again. Number one, you, 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 one presumes then that she believes that Wall Street wrecked Main, wrecked Main Street. I'm not sure that's true. I thought it was more Obama um, and the stimulus and and very frankly Dodd Frank. Uh, and then she goes into this long litany of the things that she believes in without saying anything she's going to do about it. She mm-hmm. says, I believe in science. I believe in climate change. I believe that when we have millions of hardworking immigrants contributing to our economy, it would be self-defeating to kick them out. Uh, she doesn't, you know, no, no cause, uh, choice of action, no course of action, just what she believes. And she went through, and I'll just skip down here, I believe we should expand Social Security and protect a woman's right to make her own health care decisions. Um, you well, know, I, I'm not sure how those got mixed in the same sentence, but she did. Well, and then finally, is, says, let's make sure this economy works for everybody, not just those at the top. Not, nothing specific. The only semi-specific thing she said was her top priority was going to be jobs. And well, that's the end. And, and so here's, here's, here's the interesting, as I'm reading through this, the, the takeaway that I, the comparative takeaway that I have, Trump said what he was going to do. Whether or not whether or not he can deliver on those, yeah. What what Clinton said was she tried to define herself and define her campaign. So yeah, I believe in science. I believe we have millions of hardworking immigrants. Comprehensive immigration reform, and then she gets into this litany of join us. If you believe that X, join us. If you right. believe that. Uh, companies should share profits with their workers. Join us. If you believe that minimum wage should be a living wage and no one working full-time should have to raise their children in poverty, join us. If you believe that every man, woman, and child in America has a right to affordable health care, if you believe that we should say no to unfair trade deals, uh, if you believe we should expand Social Security, if you believe that that your working mother, wife, sister, or daughter deserves equal pay, join us. It's but with no no comment on what she's actually going to do about it. Nope. Trump's Trump said about unfair trade deals he's going to re, he's going to renege on them. Yep. You may not like that, but they, he said it. He said yep. we're going to throw them out the window and we're going to go renegotiate them. Mm-hmm. Now, one one thing you skipped over, and this would just terrify us. This is right at the end of that litany you spoke of. Mm-hmm. In my first hundred days, we will work with both parties. Joke to pass the biggest investment in new good-paying jobs since World War II. I think she's saying it's going to be the stimulus, but much bigger. Jobs in manufacturing, clean energy, technology, innovation, small business, and infrastructure. She almost said shovel-ready, but she didn't quite say that. I still have the sticker on the back of my car that says, my dog has more shovel-ready jobs than the president. Yeah, I mean, so... Again, this is sort of a specific thing where you might look back and say, what did she do for this? What she, I hear in those words, another frickin' stimulus package. Mm-hmm. We're going to get, you know, another $10 trillion thrown into the, into the toilet. Yep. What Hillary so. Clinton gave on Thursday was a great speech in 2008. She forgot the last seven years of this country. And she and wants I, the rest of the country to forget it, too. Because, yeah, damn it, those should have been her seven years. And you know, I, I will call this journalistic demagoguery. 
because she is employing the fact that people are stupid and have a short attention span, so they're not going to look at the last seven years. She is running to be the third term of Barack Obama. And no, no, she she's not. Run she's running to be the Barack first term of Obama. Hillary Clinton. She's running to be the first term of Hillary Clinton, which should have started in 2008, and then she's going to she's going to she's she's trying to not draft off of Obama's coattails because she doesn't doesn't want to do that. She wants to do what she promised to do in 2008 and then let people remember Obama's presidency after she's done as an afterthought. Well, you you got to figure that that was the acceptance speech that she was going to give in 2008. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that she had that in mothballs right next to her server in the bathroom waiting for her opportunity to give it. When in hindsight, you compare the two conventions, the Democratic convention was more or less, we forget the last seven years. We will blow smoke up your you-know-where and say that the country is great, the country is doing well, never mind the unemployed and never mind those. Oh, and a nod, and a nod to Bernie Sanders supporters. And, and Bernie Sanders, yeah, we love you too. And what you had with the... They're going to work together to make college tuition free. And when you talk about, the media has said, well, Trump's speech was all doom and gloom and how bad the country is. Trump's a realist. The Republican Party, the Republican National Convention was that of realists who are saying that the country is not all lollipops no. and candy that the, that the Democrats have been spouting for the last seven years. Yeah. Barack Obama has not done much for the economy. And when well, you really it's... break down the speech... He's saying that it doesn't matter what color you are or who you go to bed with. In the in after the day is over, what is in your financial perspective? Oh, or can you make the rent? Can you pay for gas? Under the last administration, you couldn't do that. So it doesn't matter how the other party panders to your interests. My interest is that you have money in your wallet, creating jobs, what have you. And that's the real key between the two political conventions. And you know, it's interesting. Um, I we're we're out of time. I wanted to talk about Gary Johnson and the and the third party candidates. I, I'm, I'm making a note to, that we need to talk about them next week. Um, and and this this concept that a vote for a third party is a vote for whoever your opposition is, because I guarantee you. The Hillary Clinton supporters are, are are saying to Bernie Sanders supporters or whoever, a vote for fill in your third party alternative here is a vote for the opposition's candidate. Um, and you know, I, I want to touch on that a little bit. We'll uh, I'll uh, I'll make a note to cue that up for next week. Uh, but for now, we are out of time, unfortunately. I want to thank everybody for being a part of the call. Uh, thank you, folks, in Second Life. I know we didn't bring in a lot of conversation from there, but uh, it does not go unnoticed. Um, thank you for everybody that dialed in and talked to you and joined us there. Uh, if you liked what you heard, we ask you to blog about us. Tell five of your friends. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, the Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash talk. The Twitter is at ECConservative. If you didn't like what you heard, you know what? We'll still invite you to join us again next week where you will probably hear different words in a different order. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Good night, Chuck. That white pantsuit will look great on you. <laughs>
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.